Bible says, starting at verse number one, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now my topic is going to come from there, but we're going to keep reading. They're going to be lovers of their own selves. They're going to be covetous. They're going to be bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those they won't like you just because you choose to do good. Mm -hmm. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Why? Because it's all about them. They won't acknowledge him. They want to receive the glory. He says from such don't have anything to do with them. Walk the other way. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captivity, cap, excuse me, led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts or many different types of lusts. Verse number seven says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge, there's that word, the knowledge of the truth. Today I'm very heavy burdened with this topic, so I, I want you to bear with me. I, I won't be before you too long by the help of the Lord, but I don't want to feel rushed either. Is anybody here ready just to receive a word from God? Okay. I, I have a heavy burden on me what I'm going to speak to you about, so I really don't know how it's going to come out. I, I don't know how this is going to end today. But it's, such, it's so heavy on me that I'm going to teach this topic, this topic here, both right now, this morning, and I'm also going to teach it at our evening service. That's how heavy it is on me, all right? So I'm going to teach this topic this morning, and those of you that have a desire to be back in the house of the Lord tonight, I'm going to talk about this topic some more tonight. We were in a meeting with a young man over the last three days and he talked about seven different winds that blew against the church and there was one that stood out to me or maybe it was six different winds that blew against the church but there was one that stood out to me and so I'm going to title this message after that and it's just simply the wind of me the wind of me Lord in the name of Jesus speak to our hearts here today Lord, let your will be done. I pray, God, that you will move upon every heart. Help us, Lord, to walk out of here better than what we walked in here. Now, God, I pray, because this is your church, these are your people, we are your sheep, and I am your vessel. 
so help me Lord to speak every word that is intended I pray that my flesh will not get in the way but someone's heart today is going to be changed and I pray Lord that you will start with my heart God I pray that you will move upon every man woman boy and girl we lift you high we give you glory in Jesus name we pray if you're ready to receive the word clap your hands unto the Lord one more time amen you may be seated presence of the Lord The question is often asked, why are there so many churches? Why are there so many denominations? It is a very valid question to ask. I mean, if you can, you can go anywhere and everyone says that their truth is truth and their right is right. And we wonder and question, well, if there's so many different denominations and so many different churches and so many different ways, how can God be in this? Or, or is God in every one of them? Or what does this look like? And it's a very valid question for any age to ask. And I'm sure all of us have probably thought that at some point, and some of you could be thinking that right now. And, and, and so there is one common factor denominator if you will that we can point to in scripture of why there is so many different denominations and why there's so many churches because the bible only speaks of one church the bible only talks about one church the bible even says that there's just one lord the bible says that there's one faith and the scripture also lets us know that there's one baptism he says there's one God who's father of all and he's above all. He's through all and in you all. So the scripture only speaks of one way to heaven. How can there be so many different people then that say you can go this way to heaven? And then you go somewhere else and they say, well, no, no, no. You've got to do this to go to heaven. When the scripture says there's just one Lord and there's just one way and so there's a scripture that we can point to because it all stems to this in mark chapter 3 starting at verse number 24 the scripture says and if a kingdom be divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand and if a house be divided against itself that house cannot stand see our enemy, the devil, knows this scripture. And he knows that if he can get the people of God to be divided and start arguing about the way to go to heaven, that is going to cause confusion and the kingdom won't be able to stand. And so the enemy uses denominations, not Oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the enemy uses the nominations instead of allowing you and I to just go seek out the word for ourselves and have a clear understanding of what the Bible is saying on how to go to heaven. Because if the scripture lays it out plainly that there's only one way to go to heaven, then it's important, my friend, that we find out that way to go to heaven. But it's important for you and I to find out that way for ourselves. Mm -hmm. the Bible says how can they hear without a preacher how can he preach unless he be 
sent. And so we need a preacher. We need men of God that stand behind a pulpit and begin to declare the word of God. But the key is, is that we are declaring the word of God. That we're not declaring our thoughts and our opinions or an interpretation of what we think it should be. We should just say what thus saith the Lord. And if God said that this is what we must do, then my friend, that's just what we got to do. And we can't be people, I pray that I'm not a preacher, and I pray, and I hope that you pray for your pastor, that I don't become so weak and so sissified, that I'm afraid to hurt people and hurt people's feelings, that I compromise the word of God, because it is my job to stand up here and say what thus saith the Lord, and don't worry about whose feelings are hurt or whose toes I step on, but I've got to declare the word of the Lord. Because people that love truth, they'll come to truth. People that love God, they will come to God. So the devil knows that if he can divide the kingdom, if he can get people to say, oh, no, all you have to do is this. Has anybody ever heard the phrase, you don't have to do all that? <laughs> you don't have to do all that. That's ridiculous. That's interesting. Because I wonder if they found that scripture in the Bible. The scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 7. It says ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. There are some very intelligent people in our world. There are some very intelligent people in the city of Lafayette. There are very wise and intelligent people on that campus, but that doesn't mean they have a knowledge of the truth. Oftentimes, we are drawn to people with great wisdom. We're drawn to people that can put words together and that can articulate very well. Uh, they can say things in a certain way, and it sounds very good, but that doesn't mean it's the truth that's why we must try the spirit by the spirit and so it's important to understand that when i see a preacher preaching see that's why i love when people got bibles out because they they hear me talk and then they want to test me according to the word that's okay i want everybody to have your bible open i want you to test what i'm saying according to the word don't just take if you don't know me don't take my words for granted but make sure my words line up with the word and if my words don't line up with the word, then you ought to get up and walk out of this church and you ought to do that for yourself. Because if I get offended by that, that's my fault. But I've got to run for my life and I want to be saved. And I don't need a preacher up here telling me something that's going to contradict the word of God. Amen. But somebody that's going to give me the word straight from this book. Now, if you don't believe the book, this is the wrong place. <laughs> you got to believe the book. You got to believe the Holy Scriptures. And, and, and so we, we, we find even in the book of John, chapter number 18, starting at verse number 37. This is right before Jesus was getting ready to go to be crucified. The Bible says that Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, well, you're the one that's saying and calling me a king. 
to this end was I born. I was come for this reason. And for this cause came I into the world. That I should bear witness unto what? The truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Everyone that is of the truth, that means you desire truth. You want to have truth. You can't get enough of truth. If you want truth, you're going to hear the voice of God. How many of you in here today can testify that you didn't come to this church for many years, but as you was driving by this place, something told you you ought to come try this church out. Come on, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand. Mm-hmm. See, that's the spirit of truth telling you if you desire truth, then God will speak to you and say, I believe that you can find truth right in there. So the scripture says, is this okay? Okay. The Bible says, to this end and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said unto him, what? is truth Pilate was looking truth in the face and didn't recognize truth Pilate was standing in front of truth and didn't even recognize or even feel truth help me Lord that I never get to a place where I can be in an atmosphere of an almighty God and know that your presence is here but I don't even feel your presence I don't even recognize truth if it was standing right before me Jesus told him I came because I am truth and Pilate ever learning wise man king ruler but never came to the knowledge of truth because he never wanted to accept Jesus because too often we like Pilate Pilate wanted to see something out of Jesus before he can believe something about Jesus See, oftentimes Jesus won't just do certain things for him to prove himself to you. No, just the fact that you being here is enough of him to prove that he's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Because some of us don't even, uh, shouldn't even be where we are right now. Many of us have that testimony that I don't even deserve to be where I am, but God has done enough for me to prove himself already to me that he is truth. Truth is knowing that Jesus is God. That's what truth, truth is knowing that Jesus is God. Philip asked Jesus a question. He said, if you would just show us the father, that will be sufficient unto us. Jesus looked at Philip and said, now how long have I been with you, Philip? How long have I not, have I been around you that you don't even recognize or know who I am? Jesus began to elaborate to him and says, when you see me, you see the father. So understanding truth is knowing that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Truth is knowing that you cannot separate God and Jesus and put them into separate categories as if they're two separate gods because Jesus said in John 10 and 30 you can put that up on the screen that I and my father are 
one. So it's important to understand that Jesus is the mighty God that came in the flesh, that came to die for our sins. That's why everything we do, whether it be in word or in deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's Colossians 3.17. And so we must understand that when we're talking about truth, we must start with Jesus. All right. And so now that we have that understanding, now we must understand that truth is also repenting of our sins. That if we think we can just go throughout life and not ask the Lord to forgive us of what we've done, we've made a mistake. Because the Bible says that all should come to repentance. And that we need repentance and remission of sins. So once we repent of those sins, then we need those sins to be removed. That's why Luke 24, 47 says, that repentance and remission of sins it must be preached in my name the bible says among all nations and he said it's going to begin at jerusalem jesus is speaking here said if you want to have your sins forgiven you got to do it in my name when you repent you do it in my name that's why when we pray we pray in the name of jesus i don't have to pray to jesus and say can you go to the father and tell him to forgive me of my sins but i can just go straight to jesus christ the one that died on the cross for you and i and when i call upon the name of jesus he's the one that's able to remove our sins and so that is truth why is it truth because the bible says it can you put that scripture back up there, please, very quickly? And now those of you that are Bible scholars, Bible understanders, because it's important, remember, we have to know what truth is. We can't look at truth and miss truth. You can't look at it and miss it. You have to be able to look at it and it be revealed to you. The Bible says, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, they shall be filled. That's why you must have a desire to want to know more of truth. Don't go off of your daddy's truth. Don't go off of your mama's truth. Don't go off of your grandparents' truth. Let me tell you something. Don't go off of your past pastor's truth. I, I, I know that may hurt someone. I, you may be looking around saying, my Lord, why would he say something like that? Because I can't even go off that. I've got to go off the word of God. I've got to go off his word. And if his word says it and I have the understanding of it, then I want to be obedient to it. The scripture says in that repentance and remission of sins should be preached where? No, in his name, among where? That means everywhere. That means it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter what continent you're on. It's got to be preached just like this. That's why I love the word because the word has no boundaries because God has no boundaries. This word just isn't an American word. It just isn't for the United States. No, it's for all nations, for every tongue, every language. I can go to Australia and preach the same word. And when you preach the same word, I promise you, you will get the same result. That when people begin to see the word of God and it becomes illuminated to them, they say, preacher, I want to be baptized. Preacher, I want to repent of my sins. Preacher, I want to know who Jesus is. Same result if you preach the same word. You don't water it down. You don't dumb it down. You preach the same word. I don't care where you're from. 
I can be in India and preach the same word and it's going to bring the same result because people must repent everywhere. I don't care what country you're from. You got to repent of your sins. He said it's going to begin at Jerusalem. Now that is important here because if Jesus says something is going to start somewhere, then we need to find in our Bible what happened at Jerusalem. Because if repentance and remission of sins began in Jerusalem, then we need to flip through our Bible to say, okay, what happened at Jerusalem? Well, Jesus told his disciples to go wait in Jerusalem because you're going to be endowed with power. And so if you flip through your Bible, then you go to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Let's speed along here, verse number 37. The people begin to hear and see what was happening on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, chapter number 2. And in verse number uh, 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to have truth? That's a good question. Because we can be looking at truth and miss it. Well, Peter gave him an answer in verse number 38. The Bible says, and Peter said unto them, you got to repent and be baptized. Why do you have to be baptized? He said, every one of you, how? In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Now, wait a minute. Why would Peter say repentance and remission of sins must be done in the name of Jesus Christ? Because we just read it in Luke chapter number 24, verse number 47. Jesus said, repentance and remission of sins must be done in my name everywhere. And it's going to start right here. And I'm so glad it started there, but it didn't finish there because I wouldn't have an opportunity to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I had about 35 witnesses in here because the promise was unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. And I'm thankful to the Lord that I have received that promise. So truth is knowing that we must repent. Truth is knowing that we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Truth is knowing that you must be baptized, I'm going to say it again, in the name of Jesus Christ. I've had people oftentimes say, well, pastor, I was baptized, but they said, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit over my life when I went down in water. That's not a name. Jesus said repentance and remission of sins must be done in my name. In order for your sins to be removed from your life, it must be done in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, how many of you have been baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and then God illuminated your eyes and that you've seen come on somebody needs to testify in here. God showed you that you must be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ and he says and you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost truth is knowing that we must live holy separate from the world the Bible says follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord it's important to understand why the spirit is so important because the Bible says in the book of John chapter number 16 this is why we need the spirit Starting at verse number 12, it says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus speaking to his disciples. I've got a lot of things to show you, but it's too much right now. I, 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 I cannot bear them right now. You can't bear it right now. However, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, 
He will guide you into all truth. It's important to have God's spirit in you because the spirit will lead you to greater truth. Do you see that? Okay. The spirit will lead you. Something in you will say, mm-mm. Anybody had that check? Mm-mm. This, something's not right. This, this doesn't feel right. Something's wrong. There's, there has to be, oh, I feel God right now. There has to be something more. There has to be something greater. I, 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 I can't say call myself a Christian, but I keep going back to the same things I'm going back to. This, this can't be God. There's got to be something greater. We cannot consider God all-powerful, all-knowing, but yet we stay in the same situation. That's not an all-powerful God then. If we believe in an all-powerful God, then we must believe that he can pull us out of any situation in our life. He can change our lives around. The Spirit will lead you. It will guide you into all truth. I was preaching last week, I believe it was last week uh, or so, concerning Noah. Anybody remember that? I was preaching about Noah, and I was preaching about the wind of God. And when the wind of God begins to blow, something great is going to happen. And I truly believe that when the wind of God does blow, something great does happen. But there is also a wind of me. And this wind is contrary to the wind of God. The wind of the spirit cannot blow or move simultaneously with the wind of me. So it's either you or it's going to be him. So today we need to make a decision. It's either going to be you, your wind, or it's going to be him and his wind. I sure hope you're still with me. I, I, I hope you're not just, just, just going like this. I hope you're still with because we're going to go somewhere here, okay? Because either the wind of God is going to blow over your life or you're going to be blowing your own wind and they can't work simultaneously. Can't work together. God is trying to move, but yet you're moving as well because you want to do your own thing. And God is saying, you can't do your own thing and allow me to do my thing. I've got to step back until you stop doing your own thing to allow me to blow over your life. So there is a wind of God, but there's also this wind of, well, me. Me. And I want to show you a couple examples here in the Bible where people had an issue with the wind of God and a relationship with God. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter number 10, starting at verse number 17, the Bible says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running. Wow, look at the humility here. And kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? Do you see the question here that he's asking? I want to inherit eternal life and Jesus said unto him well why are you calling me good there's none good but one that is God you know what to do you know the commandments don't commit adultery don't kill don't steal don't bear false witness defraud not honor your father and mother and he answered and said unto him master I've done all these since I was a kid I, I, I've done every one of these since I was a kid then Jesus beholding him look what he says loved him <laughs> Jesus loved him and said unto him well there, there's, there's one thing 
I need you to get this here now, because oftentimes when we receive a challenge from the Lord, we feel it as chastisement and not love. Oftentimes when God is purging us or trying to get us to another level, there's going to be challenges. And that doesn't mean that God has taken his hand off of your life. No, he's trying to push you into a higher level in him. The Bible says he loved him. Because if he didn't love them, he wouldn't have challenged him based on how he was thinking how to inherit eternal life. He said, well, there's one thing that you lack. I want you to go your way. I want you to sell everything you have. I want you to give it to the poor and you're going to have treasures in heaven. Come, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. The Bible says in verse number 22, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. Why? Because he had great possessions a wind of me he wasn't willing to lay everything down to follow after Jesus when Jesus laid everything down so that you and I can have an opportunity to know him but we aren't willing to sacrifice the same thing to follow after Jesus I wonder how many people in here think they have sacrificed and think they have made the shift but yet if God challenged you on the very thing that you love and that you possess would you be willing to lay that down to follow after him are you willing to give up the thing that you're drawn back to are you willing to give up the thing that you feel like you need in life in order to have more of Jesus I'm trying to help someone here today that somebody's going to make the shift here today and lay it all down at the altar and say I need Jesus so we, 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 we see here where this man said, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, I, and notice that he did all the good things ever since he was a kid because good works doesn't get you to heaven. You can't check enough boxes to try to get you into heaven. It takes a life of complete sacrifice. And see, some people don't want complete sacrifice. Are you willing to give up me to have more of him? Or do you like your stuff? Do you like your stuff? We, we love ourselves, right? Don't raise your hand. But I just wonder how many of you spent more than five minutes in the mirror before you came to church today. <laughs> yeah, you look good, brother. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not ashamed. I spent more than five minutes today in the mirror. Yeah. Okay, Sister Robinson, let me, let me. Let me, let me. That's supposed to stay in the house, okay? That's, that's our business. That's family business in the house. Don't be telling on me like that. We, we, some of us spend a little bit of time today, right? Checking, rechecking. Why? Because we like me. And I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not preaching against that. I just need you to understand. Something needs to click up here this morning to say, am I going to give it all to him or am I going to be about me? because you are drawing yourself back to the things in this world you are drawing yourself back to the ways of this world you are doing the, you are telling yourself I need this and I need that see some of us are hung up on men and women when God is saying if you would just release them and give yourself to me I will give you exactly what you need we need to learn how to trust him with all of our hearts and know that he will take care of our desires 
You don't need a man to bring you to God. You don't need a woman to bring you to God. You don't need certain individuals to bring you to God. You just bring yourself and let the Lord take care of everything else. Woo. I serve a God that will take marijuana out of your mouth, that'll take drugs out of your mouth, that'll take liquor out of your mouth, that will cut off the pornography, that'll come off the homosexuality, that'll cut off every spirit and demonic force that is coming against you, but you got to get rid of me and look to Jesus. Woo. I'm telling you, Jesus can do it. He can do it. Now listen to me now. According to the word of God, he can do it. Can I, can I, am I okay? Because I, I got one more story to tell. Is this all right? Okay, just give me, give me a little bit. Before I get to that story, I, I was, I've told this story before. So all of you that's been here for a while and heard me preach, just act like you heard it for the first time. <laughs> okay. Just, <laughs> pastor, you're so funny. Okay. Just, just, just be fake. Okay. So, you know, I was, I was dealing, talking to this, this young man, and he asked me, how do you believe in the Bible? It was written by men. How, how do you, how, how do you, how do you believe this? I said, okay, this, this has got to be deeper than this, so I got to figure out the root cause of this. Believe in this Bible. I just can't believe this. There's probably so many flaws and mistakes and you know interpretations and all this. There's got to be. It's, there's no way you can just hang on this word. Hmm. All right. Well, then he said something. I said, "Uh oh, I got you." He said, "It's like Noah's Ark. There's no way all those animals could have got on that boat and it still stayed afloat." would have sank straight to the bottom there's no way I said hmm I said so let me ask you this question before I answer that how do you know that Jesus loves you yeah it was awkward silence just like this right but how, how do you know just well I mean I, I just know no 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 you, you can't just know you, you, don't, you didn't come out the womb, wow, Jesus loved me. Uh, no, 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 no. How do you know Jesus loves you? Then he says, well, my, my mother told me. No, 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 no. How do you know? And how does she know to tell you? I said, you ever sang this song before? Jesus loves me, this I know for the... That's how you know that Jesus loves you because the Bible tells you so. So either it's all right or it's all wrong. So if you believe that Jesus loves you, you got to believe in Noah's Ark. If you believe that Jesus loves you, you got to believe he can pull you out of sin. If you believe that Jesus loves you, you got to believe you got to be baptized. If you believe that Jesus loves you, you have to believe in the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, it was an awkward ride the rest of the way home. Let's just say that. There was no more Bible questions for me. 
But when I got home, I said, thank you, Jesus. I don't know how, because how, I didn't come up with that. It was just the Lord that just gave it to me in that moment. Why? We just read it in John. Because the spirit will lead you to all truth. The spirit, it will lead you. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter number 19, we're going to wrap up here, okay? And there came two angels, starting at verse number one, to Sodom at even or at evening time. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Now, how did Lot even get to Sodom? Because there was a wind of me that blew upon him. Lot and Abraham, their servants, the workers, got into a disagreement over land. Lot's blessings was because he was connected to Abraham. I'm telling you, when you know you're connected to someone that's blessed, don't let nothing come between you and them. Don't let nothing come between you because the enemy will use somebody to try to break that relationship up. So their, their workers, their servants got into a disagreement. Abraham said, Lot, I don't want a disagreement, a rift to be between you and I. See, if Lot had any common sense, he would have said, it's not going to come between us. I'm staying right here because I know where my blessing comes from. I don't care if I got to fire my help. Okay, I'll keep preaching it. So, a disagreement. So, Lot, Abraham said, hey, you choose where you want to go. And Lot, a wind of me. It was all about him. He looked out and seen a greener pasture. Ooh, that looks much better than where I am right now. But Lot, you're leaving your blessing. I can preach about that a while, but I won't. So that's how he ended up in Sodom. The scripture says, and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them. And Lot sat at the gate in Sodom, and Lot seeing them, speaking of the two angels, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, behold now, my lords, Turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night. So Lot speaking to the two, two angels that we just mentioned in verse number one to come into his house with him. The Bible says, and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, no, 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 uh, -uh. but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed them upon them greatly. He pressed upon them, urging them. And they turned in unto him, or in other words, they entered into his house, as the scripture says. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young. Listen to this now. Both the older people and the younger people. All of them. All the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us. Now you got all these men, young boys and older men that are after two men. Why are they after them? Well, the Bible's going to let us know that. Bring them out unto us that we may, someone say, know them. Now this no is not, I want to play chess with you. Let's come out here and play checkers. No, 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 no. They wanted to know them sexually. 
these men wanted to sleep with these other two men. Now, I really need you to get this because the Bible didn't say there was just a couple men after these. Remember, there's only two. It's not like it's a whole gang of them in this house. No, there's only two men, but the Bible says there was young and old that came from every quarter. Young and old that came from every direction, and they was after these two men. Why? Because these were two men they haven't had before. Mm-hmm. How do you know that, preacher, that they're talking about sexually? How do you know that they're talking about this men with men? This, because the Bible says it. This is what the scripture says. The Bible says, called unto Lot, okay, verse number five, bring them out to us that we may know them, verse number six. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him, came out quickly, shut the door behind them. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, now this is where Lot blows my mind. Now I've got four girls. This is crazy to me. The Bible says, behold, I got two daughters which have not known a man. They're virgins. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you that you do to them as it is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. He was willing to give up his own two girls virgins to these molesters to these evil men that only wanted to do something with these other men where are you going preacher we're going somewhere right now he says here in verse number 12 and the men said unto lot has thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters we skipped ahead a little bit the angels have smote the men and Lot is now having a conversation with the men. Lot did not give up his daughters. The scripture says, do you have anyone else here? Your son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whosoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters. Listen very closely. He went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters and said, hey, we got to go. We got to get out of here. The Lord is about to destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They didn't believe him. They thought he was joking like it was a game. Why? Because Lot never took his relationship with him serious enough. And now when it comes to a time to when we have an urgent need to escape for our life, no one wants to listen to them. My friend, that's why it's important to have a sincere relationship with him. Because then when you go tell people, you've got to come out. You've got to get rid of this. You've got to lay this down. People will listen to you and not take your words for a joke. So the scripture says, verse number 15, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters, which are here, because his son-in-laws and his other daughters didn't leave. He said, well, we need to take those that are here. Take your wife, take your daughters. 
and lest they be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And verse number 16 says, and while he lingered. Now, many people beat up Lot here in this moment. But, you know, I really can't blame Lot. I probably would have lingered myself. Not because I had a desire to stay, but my kids are still there. My kids, I'm escaping, but I know God's getting ready to destroy this city, and I've got kids there. Can we just assume that he possibly had grandchildren? Can we just assume that? It's not in scripture. It's not in scripture, okay? But we can assume that he possibly probably had grandchildren, and here he is lingering around, maybe hoping that his children would change their mind to come running to him. But because Lot never made a choice to be all about him from the beginning and it was all about me, he affected his household. I'm trying to help someone here right now that the decisions that you make, even right now today, not only is going to affect you, but it's going to affect your household. That's why we must be serious about the God that we serve. We've got to get rid of this wind of all about me and it's got to be all about him. So if you got a wind of me blowing on your life right now, you need to say, Lord, help me that I allow a wind of the spirit to blow on me this morning because I need you and my family needs you. My children need you. My brothers and sisters need you. There could be kids here today where you can say my parents need you. We need the wind of the Holy Ghost to come in this place. And if you don't have a mind to change your ways, then ask the Lord, help me that I will get rid of me and lay it all down so that I can have more of you even as they are escaping the city lots running his daughters are running but his wife turns back when the angel of the Lord tells them you've got to run and don't look back because when you have a made up mind to serve the Lord you've got to run and don't look back I don't care what friend you leave behind I don't care what family member you leave behind you got to let the Lord work on them but I got to work up my own salvation with fear and with trembling I wonder do I have a few people in here that have a sincere desire to run and don't look back the Bible says I feel God's spirit in here the Bible says that Lot's wife turned she could have turned like many mothers in here my children my kids it could have been because of lifestyle it could have been even as curiosity it could have been curiosity she could have heard the fire the brimstone falling she could have heard it she could have heard it behind her and something caused her to look back and the bible says she was turned immediately to a pillar of salt our spiritual life can turn into a pillar of salt if we don't have a made up mind to run for Jesus 
and don't look back. Don't allow your spiritual walk with God to turn into a pillar of salt. All because you have a desire to be you and not have the wind of God blow over your life. I want us to stand to our feet right now. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to have a sincere prayer and say, Lord, is it all about me or is it all about him? Come on, in the name of Jesus. I wonder if we can be sincere right now. Lift your hands and lift your voice and say, Lord, Lord, I need more of you in my life. I've got to get rid of this selfish me attitude and I've got to have you deep down on the inside. Come on, is that your desire? Lift your hands and lift your voice. I can't tell you what to say or what to do, but something in you ought to push you to say, Lord, I want more. Lord, I want more. Lord, I want more. Lord, I need more. Lord, get me out of me. I continue to mess up myself. I'm messing messing up my own life. I'm messing up my own walk. But God, if I can remove me and allow you to come into my life, come on, lift your hands and lift your voice.